varies the results. So no, that, yeah. that you're actually you're you're verifying it and well, you're testing it and then verifying it over and over and over again to make sure it's consistent. But all at the same time. So all ten launch at the same time. You're testing it and then verifying it over and over. Again. Nice. That helps make your your results a lot more accurate. Okay? Well, you think it depends what Google's doing, and that's the whole reason we test. <laughs> It's always nice to verify your results. <laughs> if you can't tell, I was making a subtle jab. One of our, um, I don't want to say competitor, but damn near is coming that way. Is making subtle jabs at other SEO groups and stuff. And that drama is kind of getting old, so just thought I'd return fire once or twice every once in a while. <laughs> that was strange. I had the other. I had another tab open with it going off, and I realized that that was an echo. And now I know why. <laughs> echo. That's why. That's why I start them early. I start them while no one's paying attention, and then they catch the echoes and stuff, and then I catch my own echoes, and then when I do the audio stuff, it's a lot easier. <laughs> care. All right, folks, welcome to SEO This Week, episode 115. Today, Ted is back. Say hi, Ted. Hi, I'm back from vacation. It was a lot of fun. Missed you guys, but had to do it. Yeah, everyone was missing you. They all, they were all sad. <laughs> and then we're accompanied by Alex. How you doing, hey, Alex? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, it's seven o'clock in the evening here. Settling down, have some dinner, ready just to chill. Just so you guys don't know who Alex is, really smart dude. Met him on uh, online in SIA. Uh, he carried over into Cora and Pop, and then we brought him into uh, my own personal mastermind. Crazy smart, into stuff like uh, Wikidata, Schema, a um, bunch of other gizmos and stuff, and we've been banging left and right on e-commerce. Um, a lot of people have asked me to have Alex on just because they want to hear his opinions on some of the news stories that come across. And more importantly, I thought it was a great time since Ted is back, and he's like our e-commerce king, and <laughs> Alex is dealing with the e-commerce issue uh this be fire off like a great conversation um and you can ask alex some questions tech questions and maybe hear them to bang around some e-commerce ideas and i think that'll create a wonderful learning experience for everybody so ted we wanted to uh get started off uh this week with the news stories but my software ate one of the leading news stories and that is the freaking google indexing drama that's going on right now and you've been doing some testing can you share a little bit of insights into what you found? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, uh, since the deployment, I have created probably more than fifty test websites, and uh, these are for the purpose of testing SEO factors. And so I've been having a heck of a time getting them indexed because uh, what what I do is I run the same test. 10 times concurrently on 10 different domains. So I have 43 test cases, 10 different domains. That's 430 pages. I need to get Google to index and test. And uh, Google has not been cooperating. So uh, I have systems in place that every time I do it, I can randomly re-roll the whole test case and then redeploy it. And so this these 10 websites I've redeployed five or six times now, and they're all still out there. And what I've found is that the, the versions of the websites that were deployed before uh, April 1st, those have been indexed. Those got indexed like yesterday. <laughs> So that's a lot of lag time. Um, and I don't know why they're lagging. Maybe Google did something and they fixed some of the problem or you know some of the historic data they fixed and they think it's fixed going forward. As far as I can tell, when I redeploy new websites, I see the same problem. And what I see is I will deploy uh, the websites, and I will submit them within Google Search Console. Google Search Console will then uh, instantly index the URLs I submit. So that works almost instantly. Uh, but 
I need Google to crawl then to get the rest of the pages. And that's where the problem occurs is that Google, for some reason, will crawl the websites until each domain gets 10 indexed search results. And then it like purges the crawl queue and it won't crawl anymore and it won't index anymore. And so I see all 10 different domains just max out at 10 index pages and then it stops. It's a hard limit. All 10 will just max out. And then two to three days later, they start de-indexing. They'll dwindle down to seven out of those 10 results. They'll dwindle down to three and then they'll stay there. They'll have like seven and three. And each time I redeploy these 10 sites, I get this exact same behavior again and again and again. And this is new as of, you know, the new Google Search Console. Um, and back in the old way, the old Search Console, you guys will remember this, you do a fetch and render and you'd request indexing. And there was a little checkbox to say, you know, do you want to crawl the links found on the page? And that little checkbox, do you want to crawl the links um, on the index page? That was the feature that everybody who had a large website really, really needed to get their websites to update. So like if you were an online retailer and you just brought in 500 new products into your store and you're hoping to have a big promotion next week, you need Google to index those new 500 product pages. And so what you would do is you would put them into a new arrivals category. You'd do a fetch and render in the old search console, uh, request indexing, and you check that box to crawl the links so all those product pages would be indexed by the next day and you could do your promotion. That doesn't appear to exist anymore. That checkbox is gone. When you go to the new search console and request indexing, there's no option to crawl the links on the page you're submitting. Uh, Google appears to automatically crawl until you get 10 indexed, and then you hit the hard limit and you're screwed. Um, now, if you have a small website, and you're like, well, I'm just submitting five pages. Sure, you submit five and you're done. Uh, but the submitting of URLs has a limit of what, 50? Is that right, Clint? Yeah, it's 50. So for, for anybody with a significantly large website, uh, this problem is not solved. It's not fixed. If your life is hell right now, you're not alone. We're still seeing this. You know, as far as I can tell, it's unchanged. Uh, the only news is that those websites I deployed from before April 1st, they are now finally indexed. Like they have their 43 test pages, but man, is it slow. You know, you're looking at a three week uh, uh, indexing cycle with that. And I don't know if that's because Google has a backlog they're trying to work through, or maybe that's the new normal. I don't know. That's scary if it's a new normal, because that means that like my Halloween affiliate sites, I need to start doing now. Christmas, I need to start planning on like a couple months from now, uh, just so that I have hopes that things will be ready to go come that time. Which kicks in another question, is freshness going to matter back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, how can it? I mean, you're three weeks old by the time you hit the search results. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a real problem. If freshness is part of your equation, uh, you're probably hurting right now. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, like I said, if you're submitting small batch things, you're probably okay. Cause you could just submit and resubmit and resubmit and, you know, until you get all five URLs going. But if you need 500 URLs going, that's, yeah. Whenever you rely on a crawl from Google, those tend to be who appears to suffer the most right now. Well, I've seen when I'm trying to get a site with a million plus pages indexed, and what we're seeing is we'll get like 150 in, 150,000 in, 
and then they'll drop like 30,000. And then you got to start over. And then also when we first fired out that site, a lot of the pages were, uh, well, the entire site was no indexed uh, via the robots tag because we didn't want Google to see it right then. But we wanted it up, we wanted it live, make sure everything was working. And uh, what happened was Google crawled it, saw the no no uh, index in the Robux tag, and it took forever to get it to clear its cache. And we had to do, I was doing literally one by one by one, like you were saying, and it was redoing the cache, but this, even the sitemaps were still pinging as uh, robots tag was uh, blocking the, the indexing, which wasn't the case. Yeah, and uh, one one weird anomaly I've seen is that uh, uh, the no index warnings in Google Search Console can misfire now. So I have some test sites out there that don't have a home page; they only have inner pages, but no home page. And for some reason, when Google finds uh, that blanker or non-existent homepage, they assume it's blocked by robots.txt. And so they misdiagnose that scenario as a, a robots.txt exclusion of the homepage. Um, so be mindful of that if, if you have some sort of site where you might uh, not be paying attention to the homepage. I know that's a real fluke edge case, but it's probably one you'd want to look for, especially if your whole site is having indexing problems. Uh, make sure you have some content on the root URL. Do you think that carry over in the testing? Like, I know both of you guys do a lot of testing. Uh, Alex, you do testing for SIA. Do you think if Let's say in that situation, you set up a test site, you don't really do anything with the homepage because you have all your test URLs. Is that affecting or could it affect your tests? What do you guys think? I, I think so currently. I, you know, I, I would recommend playing it safe. I, I can't say definitively, but I see the alerts in Google Search Console. And yeah, probably shouldn't have those. I'm just using old old test sites at the moment, and the the home page is already pre-indexed before. So I'm just creating you know new pages, and and there's no menu bar there anyway, so there's no connection. It seems to be fine. Um, I index mine, but I'm not doing it on mass scale, like like Ted is, um, and even my ecom clients, it's their category pages that are pushing most of the the weight, most of the traffic. And all those product pages are sitting underneath that, and, and, and they're all indexed anyway because there's no new products coming in, luckily. So, and, and the links that I'm pushing at those category pages are helping with the crawl. Um, so, in, in, in that case, that's fine. But I guess if you're, you know, pushing another 500 products every every month or so in, in a database into your e-com sites, then you're going to struggle. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially coming up to Christmas, you know, where everyone's putting new Christmas stock in that they they have at Christmas, you know, you, you're going to struggle with that. So like, like you said, Clint, three months in advance, get your, get your Christmas, uh, Christmas socks. Well, how, how do you take down your free shipping promo if there's three weeks of lag time? You know? <laughs> yeah. and that's uh, that's a million multi-million dollar problem for large online retail because every day leading up to Christmas and that shipping cutoff, you know, that's millions of dollars a day. Um, so they really care about those cutoffs and having really clean promotions, being able to put things up and take them down. And a three-week lag cycle, you know, it, good thing this problem's happening now because if it was Black Friday or something, that would be the worst timing ever. Yeah. Do you think it could be – now, this is pure speculation, obviously, but do you think it could be that Google's trying to manipulate their resources and use their resources better and less to reduce overhead so they can shift funding somewhere else? Or is it this, well, I'm, like some – engineer pushed the wrong button you should have pushed the period when it hit the comma and it screwed something up i'm i'm a very schizophrenic uh google apologist like people know i i 
can't stand what Google does, and I'm very vocal about disliking Google's policies and a lot of what they do. Uh, but I also feel that there's this core of like engineering that is, you know, pure to, you know, the art of search and they're trying to make a good search and they're not all evil people. And, you know, so I'm also an apologist. So I, I suspect that what they are trying to do is honest improvement. And I think they kind of probably blew it up and there's a ton of collateral damage. That's yeah. my guess. Do you think the older the 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 site, the better index rate it'll have? Because you're obviously testing brand new sites, um, uploading new stuff. But if I've got a site that's ten years old, um, I'm up, adding five hundred products to it. Would that would that affect that? I uh, I thought the same thing. So when the launch came out, I made sure that I did nine new sites and uh, one old site. And the old site has the exact same problem as the new sites. Lovely. Um, Just what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take a lot, Ted. <laughs> I'm going to start local clients now. You know, five-page websites. No more of these uh, half half a million to, to two million well, websites. Well, Hopefully the fact that, you know, my pre-April 1st sites being indexed is a good sign. So, you know, sure. yeah. Prior, yeah. prior to yesterday, we didn't even have that. So we went from you are totally screwed to you now have this three-week lag. And, you know, a three-week lag is much better than being totally screwed. But, you know, hopefully the trend continues and it improves more. I suppose it's the same with links as well and link building and backlinks and getting those indexed. And, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all backlog. Yeah, and it and it drives me nuts because I talk to Kyle and Kyle's like, I, I don't notice a problem. <laughs> Damn it, Kyle. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, again, uh, you know, there's this thing. There are people that are like, you know, I submit individual URLs. It works fine. Yes, we all agree. If you submit a URL, it gets indexed within minutes. But what we're talking about is the case where you have, 430 pages you need indexed by day after tomorrow. What can you do? And so that's what we used to have, and it looks like we don't have it currently. Yeah, I'd like to hear some what other people are issues that other people might or be seeing. Uh, you know, one, like Alex said, on a local basis, maybe even test cases, and then the grander scales and see if there's a, like a difference uh, that's that might be, you know, trackable and, and testable and see, you know, if we can figure out a way around it, which would be uh, ideal, I think. So. I think with uh, with the stuff that I do with schema and entity and maps and my maps and all that wonderful drive stuff, um, you know, it, it does help with those sorts of things in a local business. But on a huge business where you don't do those things because, the, you know, you just – it, it just it's isn't scale. worth it. Scale, you know, it's, it's better just to, to buy links and uh, and content and, and build out your silos that way. But and it would be interesting to know if people are getting the same thing. Because, you know, if you take a bunch of links and stick it in a Google Sheet and then, you know, index that Google Sheet, then those links get crawled. Um, but, you know, when you've got half a million links on a Google Sheet, it you know, it, it's, it's, it's not it's not worth it. You know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, um, to try to do that. I've tried. They're not on S3. He's done, it <laughs> done it with embeds, taking it and embedding it in S3 and then trying to index the S3 and seeing whether it indexes. But, you know, it may, maybe 50 will get indexed out of those, uh, out of those links. Yeah. Um, hey, anyway. All right. So we're going to get started. First off, just let you guys know, SEO Spring Training, these guys are letting me speak, so I think I'd do my due diligence and let you guys know about the conference. And maybe a little late if you're traveling, but if you're in the Arizona area, Southern California, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, that kind of stuff, and you can get to Tempe August 27th and 28th is the SEO Spring Training Conference. Unfortunately, Ted's not coming, but you see Jordan Pierce is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Kyle's going to be there. Marie is going to be there. Really excited to meet her. Uh, and Alex, and a be, be sure to beat him up because I would have come to speak. <laughs> All 
All right. So as you know, this week, episode 115, we're talking about brand audits. As I said before, this started technical issues and the program ate the brand audit page. So uh, I'll add that back in there manually. We'll go over that. Some advanced SEO and Google Currents, which is an interesting replacement for Google+. Plus. Uh, we're going to start off. This is a presentation or a collection of resources from Brighton SEO Conference that happened uh, this month. I don't know. Alex, did you go to Brighton? I, I was meant to go to an evening, but I couldn't make it. It's two hours or three hours away by train for me, so it, it was never a, an easy thing. I'm busy <laughs> with scheduling. I know, I know someone who has been, um, and, 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 you know, they quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I heard, you know, mixed reviews. I guess it really depends on, on who. Networking. Networking, it was good. Um, yeah. There was some very interesting, yeah, opinions, so to say. Yeah. Um, not much test results. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it is, well, what, what we have here is the, the he's a viewer of SEO this week, and he submitted this his post, uh, and I liked it. And basically what it is is he collected all of the presentations off of the SlideShare sites, uh, and, and put them in here. And I think if you're a tester, there's a lot of good stuff in here to go ahead and, and check out and make sure or see if it's you know right or wrong, uh, just to help you out with, with what you're doing. And then some other people did some uh, a lot of great research and coding, and I saw one presentation in here where they were using uh, command line for some stuff, so uh, I recommend you check out. Christopher Kemper's in there as well. Did he... Yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah, with internal link building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does he know? All right. That will definitely go check that one out just to see what, what he's got to say. Um, yeah. But again, just go through the list. There's a whole bunch of them. That I'm sure this took some time to put together. Uh, this is a great example. If you guys are doing content and you want me to highlight it, just go ahead and send it to me and submit it on the, uh, on the website. Uh, next is Search Engine Journal is new command search before and after. This is actually really cool. If you know how to scrape uh, URLs from Google, uh, you can use this to fire in the expired domains uh, for your link building or whatever else you, you, you want to do. And adding the before and after now just kind of eliminates having to use the advanced search for that process, uh, which I like. And What's his name? Danny. He gave a couple use cases, and I kind of had to figure it out and, and, and play with it. So I recommend trying it out. Also, if you're doing like something like this show, where it's a um, uh, a curation uh, format, um, this would this would actually help you out and filter that out and kind of get you away from some of the technology. Like I use my curator, which as you see, it busted. Um, just kind of having issues, but uh, maybe this will alleviate some of that if you do it in a manual search or you don't want to use like Ahrefs or BuzzSumo and kind of figure that out. Uh, so this is a really cool tool. Again, I pop these pop these into uh, a tool like ScrapeBops and try to get some expired domains out of that. Uh, most SEOs, this is from Search Engine Roundtable, most SEOs say redirect, not 404, when pruning old content. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Is a lot of people recommend going in if a page is not bringing you any traffic uh, if it, or if it's not ranked, then why have it on your site and you just clean it off of there. Uh, and a lot of people are, are recommending that if you do that, to it's better to redirect it somewhere else versus the 404. Um, I think I, I'm kind of in, in the leave it at the 404 stage because if it's old and it wasn't ranking and wasn't getting traffic, then what the hell is the point of redirecting it? Unless I build a whole bunch of backlinks to it. Um, in which case, either I, it could be an indication that my maybe my backlinks are bad or it could be that it's more competitive in that zone that I was looking for. So this would be a great opportunity, Alex. What is your opinion? If you're deleting old content that doesn't have any traffic or it's not ranking, do you 404 or are you 301? Well, I just had a site with uh, 800 404 errors on it, um, and some of them had Google Analytics traffic, you know, and, and a couple of links pointing at them. In those cases, I would, I would 301 them to a related page. Um, the other ones I'm just going to get rid of. Um, so it's a 410, isn't it, when you uh, 
tell Google to to remove to remove a page or it doesn't exist anymore because of the cruel budget, I guess. Um, if that's the right word to use, just just saves that. And if you weren't anyone landing on that page, then and it's removed. You know, it's going to be removed from the index. I would have thought so with the 410. I haven't. I, the thing is, is I, I used to 410. Like for instance, uh, Yoast SEO Premium plugin gives you the option when you delete a page um, whether or not you want to, you know, 301 it or 410 it uh, at the top. I think you use that, don't you, Clint? Um, when you delete a page, so I just either use one of those options. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> If it's if it's got incoming juice to it and and those links are any good, you can you can obviously look that up and and then you can throw one it to uh, to an internal page. That's that's my opinion. Um, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. You know the uh, the problem with the four hundred four is Google doesn't handle them quickly, so they view four hundred fours as mistakes and they can linger in the search results for weeks and months. And uh, Google won't give up on them. They'll keep trying them. Uh, the great thing about the, the redirect option and the 410 option is they're both fairly immediate. So you get the right behavior yeah. you want right away. So if it's time sensitive, 404 is the wrong choice. It was interesting because my client had uh, the, the 404 errors weren't in his sitemap. Um, and they, but they had a load of income and you know, it was still part of the internal link structure of his site. So there wasn't anything, any value to any of those 404s. They're just there. And no one was finding them. There was no traffic. So I've just left them for now. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm and, not going to bother in that case. And you do have to weigh the pros and cons. You know, the, the cons of the 410 method is you orphan potential backlinks and uh, you flood your Google Search Console logs with 410 errors. Um, the cons of the redirect um, are that you have to manage a million redirects going forward. And if you're dealing with a large website like a large online retailer and you got a thousand new products going or a thousand new products coming in and a thousand old products going out, that's a ton of redirect management. So. Uh, <laughs> Pick your yeah. yeah, it's difficult. Either way. Yeah, I'm kind of the I, – I leave them at 404, and then if traffic hits them, which Yoast Premium or SEO Press uh, plugin will tell me that there's a 404, and then I'll see if is it worthy enough. Is it like a page that getting traffic is getting a lot of 404 hits, and if it is, then I'll redirect it somewhere else to related content. Uh, but otherwise, I just, I just, and I'm not really worried about the indexing right now since it's broken anyway. So that's not an issue for me when we're having those big sites. Plus, I think the 404 page can also be an opportunity for you. Uh, you can put in search a search tool on your 404, uh, or you can put in uh, related posts uh, section that'll fire off so someone searching for X. They can find the related posts on your site and get to that as well from the 404 pages, or you can even go so far as to put a uh, capture form. I've done that before. A capture form actually works pretty interesting. So, yeah, with the uh, uh, you could do the same thing with the 410, uh, but what we would do is whenever a product page was out of stock, we'd we'd show the out of stock product page so they'd see it. Uh, but we would 410 uh, the header response. That way Google would drop it from the search results and show the next product that's ranking for that category instead. Mm. Yeah, that'd be cool. So that's that's the uh, that's the place where cannibalization is beneficial in SEO is in online retail when you have you know 47 different sterling silver amethyst bracelets and you can only show two in search at a time, when one of them sells out, you want to get it to drop right away so the next one can take its place, and you're always showing in-stock product. Makes sense. Is that hard to do, like, technology-wise, or is it something like... Uh, well, we had to custom build that uh, server response, but any uh, uh, full-stack web developer should be able to do that no problem. Uh, but if you're using, you know, off-the-shelf stores like Shopify, you're kind of screwed. 
So <laughs> it seems like a, a, a pattern. If you're using Shopify, you're screwed. <laughs> we, all, we all hate Shopify. I mean, you, you get a lot of stuff off that platform, but you don't get flexibility. Flexibility is not one of the things you get from Shopify. <laughs> Okay, the next post is from Portents, uh, Five Principles of Advanced SEO. It's kind of a rant post, so I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, Ted, you might particularly enjoy this just because it's kind of funny. Um, but the one that kind of stuck out is obviously the number one Google recommendations are not SEO recommendations. Uh, and reading between the lines kind of ties into that, so I maybe would have kind of put those both together. But the coulds and the woulds and the shoulds, and a lot of people read those, and what is there that the one site that he does all his news based off of John Mueller's tweets, um, and it's kind of articulating that he's making SEO stuff or or guidance, creating SEO guidance. When in case he's just making a recommendation of what he thinks you should or shouldn't do. So I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, and then it's talking about just how to define what advanced SEO is versus basic SEO uh, and what's more important. And he kind of reiterates something that I was preaching like two years ago is that if you're not doing the basics, you're not getting that right. And you're trying to be slick and doing quote unquote advanced SEO. Yeah. You're screwing yourself. Uh, so you need to make sure that you're spending way more time doing the basic stuff uh, and then do that advanced stuff as, as you go along. So, yeah, so if you have uh, heading tags on your website that have the text read more in them, people that needs the basics. <laughs> or sample post. <laughs> uh, next one is Search Engine Journal. New data shows how much SEOs are charging for the services. This is a great topic because I always have said that SEOs are underpricing. Uh, and they're chasing, it's a race to the bottom because everyone's trying to get a client uh, and then you get packages now where you have to compete against someone who's offering $200 SEO. Where as anyone who's done SEO knows, you're going to spend way more than $200 or you're just doing shit SEO uh, and ripping people off. Um, well, when, when the stars align, that perfect customer is going to want all of your time and your pricing needs to make sense for that. Yeah. Well, I think what's here is what is cool and interesting is that saying U.S. agencies charge 100 to 200 per hour, but the average is 148 per hour. So I think it's pretty, I think it's a fair price uh, for a, a beginner intermediate SEO. What do you guys think? Are you, you kind of in line with that? Well, I, I think uh, it needs to depend on the number of hours. So obviously, as as you know, the more they need, the better the pricing that can happen. But there's a lot of ways it can play out. You know, it could also be a you know base uh, base rate plus commissions. You know, there's a lot of different ways to structure it. I see more people like this thing is saying that people charge by the hour, but I've seen more people do packages because it's really hard to say the hour and they're using their experience to, to adjust their, their premium for whatever they're going to charge for a month. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of, uh, you know, having prepaid hours cause then you're not chasing the money. And I know that's kind of hard for, you know, some people to negotiate, but uh, if you can set up your business so that you're not spending half your time trying to resolve billing issues, that would be good. Yeah. You know, I honestly, I my lowest is $750. i am not going to go any lower than $750, and that's for a local client. Like, he's a broke-ass plumber, and he understands that he doesn't get access to me all the time, and I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z for you. Okay, I'm good. All right, we'll do $750. And then I'll never talk to that dude again. Uh, unless it's invoice day, uh, but I can provide effective SEO for seven hundred fifty dollars. Anything cheaper than that, and I'm really doing it for free. Uh, my my recommended minimum is fifteen hundred dollars a month, uh, and I think that's pretty much in line with what this one is saying here. Is some agencies are kind of less than a thousand, but for the most part, it's a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars per month retainer. 
the potential problem I have with that is, you know, there might be a rat's nest in there. So, you know, $1,500 a month is a no brainer for somebody with a colossally messed up website. <laughs> uh, but, you know, somebody whose website has been, you know, highly engineered and is, you know, almost pixel perfect, uh, you know, that might be much more spend than they need to invest. Uh, so, you know, it should probably vary from client to client. It shouldn't be one price fits all. Well, in my case, that's a minimum. So, like seven fifty mm. per digital is seven fifty. Over the top is fifteen hundred, and that's our minimum. But typically, we're charging three to five to ten. We have a couple of clients that are up in the forties range. Um, so, it, like Ted suggested, it depends on how much work you're going to have to do in the process to, to accomplish what. Really, what the customer wants. Yeah, so they give us keyword set, and these are these are our how we're going to rate you, and then we base off of that how much we're going to charge them. And if it's the right deal, there's no shame in having one awesome client. You know, <laughs> to get a focus, you know. Yeah. Well, the downside is that is that one awesome client, you get them ranked, and then they say, "All right, peace them out," and then you're screwed. <laughs> well, but you know they're going to be calling you three months later. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, those uh, the, those clients they shoot themselves in the foot a lot. But yeah, as soon as you get them where they want to be, they don't think you're magical anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a British accent, and then you can sell them forever. Well, oh, then, oh, yeah. then you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could do anything with a British accent. <laughs> All right, yeah. the, is the, the Verge is Google's new current app is the enterprise replacement for Google+. Plus. I think this is actually really cool. It's kind of good news for people that were uh, leveraging Plus to establish brand and authority. Uh, and now there's something new that will go along with that and help you uh, replace the Google Plus stuff. I know a lot of SEOs crying, oh, I never use Google+, Plus. Google+, Plus sucks. But it was great for establishing authorship, publisher relationships, brand entity, uh, kicking a knowledge graph off a little bit more and establishing who you are is real. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to miss it. Let's be real. They needed to, to rebrand because even the Google autocomplete for Google Plus was Google Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were dying for a rebrand. So. The rebrand and a new UI. That's, a, that's where I think Google screwed up, was their UI was horrible uh, for a social network. It was essentially like Trello on steroids, as far as I was concerned. Different posts and everything <laughs> flying around. Uh, and it made it almost unbearable to use. And I think that's where they went bad. They had a good user base. They had a large user base. And they were never going to beat Facebook and anyone under the delusion that they were going to try. Um, you know, But they just wanted a user base that they can monetize. And I think their UI screwed them because once they had that, then where do you put ads? Um, and Plus Ones, I think, was the strongest uh, social signal that we ever correlated as a factor and consistently too so they they tried to make it a thing yeah i was i was ranking all day long with plus ones and triber <laughs> that was like the easy times oh the good old days uh, hopefully currents will will do that basically if, if you're a g suite user it's five bucks so you should be a g suite user at least one account uh, get currents and start uh, leveraging that, learning that, see where it's going, uh, and see uh, what you can do with it. Maybe if you get lucky, there's some link building opportunities in there, uh, but certainly branding, 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 and entity establishment, which are all keywords these days, uh, you need to be leveraging Google Currents. So, I just got all my clients to upgrade G Suites, all of them, and then they can uh, I can manage them from one agency account. Which is quite useful. Yeah, I think that's really good. And again, it's only five bucks, so it's kind of you know it's not that. expensive. Yeah, it's why like not? Microsoft <laughs> Word and Excel all on on, on there as well. It's yeah. useful. More storage as well. And Google Facts you can do and all that stuff. So yeah. Go for it. I would do it. You can add Google Plus into Wikidata as well. So it's obviously something that they're looking at. Oh see, Wikidata. 
LinkedIn gives SEO tips for visibility company pages. Again, this is a branding and entity. That's why I wanted to point this out because those are two really hot words right now. Uh, and where the you know branding entity and use of schema is all playing in and everyone's talking about it. Uh, some people are right on the money and other people's are kind of off and left field. But you need to be establishing your brand and, and LinkedIn is giving you a great way to do that. And that's with company pages. I will confess that my company page over LinkedIn sucks. So this new series that they're publishing, you can see it right here, the link to it. Uh, will will help you out. Just kind of go in there. Don't forget the SEO basics and stuff. But you want to optimize it. Keep, well, it doesn't hurt to optimize it the way LinkedIn says, uh, because all it really is is to establish your brand. Ted, Alex, you guys are you guys leveraging LinkedIn? I have a page. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have neglect as well. Uh, but yeah, schema schema is big. I'm uh, updating Cora to include the entire JSON LD specification. So Cora five is going to be recommending schema entities to put on your page. Awesome! I love that. That you know that's yeah. cool. That's cool. But the more you keep adding, the longer the, the push out, the rollout date for Core Five is. It's kind of oh, no, that's, that's <laughs> coded. So this is code complete. I'm on other stuff. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and then finally is a uh, conduct a branded search audit. I think this this one resonated with me. It's on search engine watch because Alex and I were having a conversation about looking at. Branded search plus keyword and trying to capture more and more traffic uh, uh, and optimizing pages and, and seeing where clients are missing out for uh, for branded search. I think it's really important. Another reason it resonated with me is Jimmy Kelly, uh, one of the people that I really respect and, and consider a mentor, is talking heavy about CTR and branded search. Uh, he did that for that when he launched that JKD 2020 course and into the establishment course, and he's got a mastermind now too. Um, but he's talking about and uh, leveraging CTR and keyword plus brand uh, was is more effective and safer than just going out and just hitting the keyword. Uh, and he's not the only one that's providing that information. It's just a good reference uh, to to figure out why knowing this kind of stuff is actually important. And Alex, I, I know you don't want to give away clients and, and the terms and stuff, but did you find any correlation between the brand and the keywords when you were doing that last audit? Yeah. Um, well, funny enough, the name of the company has a keyword in it. Um, aluminium is in the, in the company name, um, and they, they sell aluminium sheets. I won't give the full name away. But they're, they're selling aluminium metal products. So, yeah, aluminium is part of the um, – so it, it, it's a weird one, really, because you, you have to be very creative when creating anchor texts right. because of the keyword already being in there, and we don't want to overdo it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm putting together a really nice Excel sheet of all the optional different options of, of different keywords that I could push to those individual pages. I find that these are easier to, to capture when your brand is national versus like yeah, a local. It is, it's national. They, they get about 7,000 searches a month just for their brand name. Uh -huh. so they're, pretty, they're pretty strong already with their brand when they came to me. So, But they, they're just brand anchors. There's no plus keyword in there. Um, but we'll, that's probably what the next, in, next couple of months are going to bring. Uh, when I start the link building campaign for them, so right. uh, I'll be sharing out some of the uh, some of the ideas amongst certain groups. Uh, yeah, hopefully, like I think that'll be some great information. And then I'm creating a, a software based off of Anchor Text uh, styles, so exact match versus URL versus branded plus URL, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I got a set of twenty. Um, the hard part is finding someone smart enough to do it in Java, which I'm trying to learn thanks to Ted, <laughs> uh, and then pulling off 
you know, you've seen the spreadsheets, Alex, and that's sure. Manual. I've got a guy actually. I've got a guy who's uh, playing with that spreadsheet you gave me at the moment, and see if we can get some more, uh, some more, more love into it, make yeah. it easier for you. And I'll yeah. probably send that over to you when it's done. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, uh, you know, if other people they, they see it and hear me talking about it again, I'll be talking over at SEO Spring Training is the, those things, uh, the keyword variations and how to leverage that uh, for link building. Um, if you see that I have that spreadsheet out, just remind me and I'll share the spreadsheet with you because I think it's really good. Uh, it's good information. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a black hat. So I steal other people's stuff. Michael Milas created the idea, created some of the, the things and we just kind of took it and made it a little bit better. And then now Alex has taken what we did and making it even better. So uh, I think it was pretty cool. Trying to. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. There's some good concepts. The, the the concept that came to me originally was the capitalization of anchor text, whether or not you know it makes anchor text um, natural or not. Uh, you know, a lot of people teaches it. People like Greg um, Greg Morrison teaches to use certain capitalizations. But does Google look at capitals as a different anchor versus when it's lowercase or uppercase? Because obviously you do it, you know, competitors can look at your anchor text profile and does it, it looks natural because you've got capitalization, but Google doesn't care about it. Well, you can, um, you can test for that. Uh, in, in the oh, most definitely can, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, there's, uh, you know, the two ways I would think to do it, because there's the classic one, uh, Polish and Polish, two very different meanings and capitalization is key. Mm -hmm. um, so you could look at the behavior for words like that. You could also uh, go to Google Trends and see if they provide different search statistics based on capitalization. Can't you just yeah. go in your search console and look at the anchor text in the link section, at least in the old one. I haven't looked at the new one, but in the link section, they had the anchors, and I don't see capitalization like – it's that's all lowercase. It's all presented in lowercase. Yeah. When you uh, when when you look at a, a Google URL with a query equals at the end of it, they have capitalization in those queries. So there's, there's certain you know there's, there's ideas in there that they they match. Um, obviously, you know, you need some testing. So you know, the, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's all it's all sort of skeptics. Isn't that a good word? I can't even say it. Huh? <laughs> I say do it. it like Ted, Ted said, if someone's looking at your link profile and it looks a little bit more natural than that way, all the softwares, most of the good link building softwares have that feature in there where it varies, capital yes. is not. So uh, you're not hurting anything. And if Google's making them all lowercase, then that's on Google. You're, you know, it's you're helping hide out, I would say. Yeah, according to Google Trends, uh, Polish and Polish get the exact same search volume. Yeah, see. <laughs> so Ted's little test right there. <laughs> we might be wasting our time. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll see with some of my test results new clients. So. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And you'll publish those in uh, SIA, right? Some of it in SIA because yeah. obviously I can't give the client details away, so oh, yeah. it would yeah, have to be because unfortunately the brand name, uh, the the main keyword of the brand is 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 pretty obvious when you do a Google search. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it's really that's the hard part of testing too, isn't it? Is because you want to balance protecting yourself uh, and giving good information, uh, and unfortunately in in our world. Uh, you, you know, you do a testing site and you tell everyone about it. And the first thing that the people retards do is go out and they SEO it for some reason, because, you know, that's, that's awesome for them. It's the way forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, it's got a pretty, pretty toxic backlink profile. So if anyone wants <laughs> to make it worse then so what? I mean, yeah. <laughs> doesn't affect the brand traffic, which is what it's, it's ranking for at the moment. So. Well, the best thing that ever happened in my personal blog was it got mega SEO. Now I can do some nasty stuff to that, and it's all buried in those things. So. Yeah. <laughs> camouflaged, yeah, camouflaged. Exactly. 
hiding in plain sight. A great time if you have questions. Uh, anything and all is open. We got ten more minutes on the schedule. I kind of don't want to take Alex that long because he had to kick the family out of the house so that he can join us. It's fine. Playing Xbox. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'll go down and list of what we got right now. And the first one is from Christopher Ramsey. Do you have any other people you follow on YouTube for advanced SEO and grayish black hat as content? Alex, you're the guest. Do you, guys, you have any other recommendations? Uh, SEO Fight Club. Um, <laughs> I used to watch them and, and until I, you know, I, I stopped. Jerry West, you, you, you put out last, uh, last week, I think, uh, he's got a podcast. I started to listen to him. There's some great ideas in, in there. It's not on YouTube, but it's, uh, it's a recording you can listen to. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to, uh, what else was it that I used to listen to? There is one other one that's got, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. I'll drop it. I'll drop it in the SIA chat when I when I when I find it. I think it's uh, uh, it's the guy from Messier Ranking Factory, the guy from Norway or Sweden, the Swedish guy. He's got a channel that he's uh, that he's got on there. And I've forgotten the name of the person now. He's worth listening to. He's a good guy. He's got some good information to listen to. Um, yeah. Hendrik, Hendrik's the name of the guy. Oh, Henrik, yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was, common, common Sense SEO. That's the one. That's yep. the one. Yeah, I listen to those. Those are probably the only two I listen to now because, I, I, you know, I don't follow many people anymore. Yeah, he's got a really good channel, and he talks a lot about posts and GMB stuff and high-framing, etc. cetera. Uh, I think the, the other one that I listen to the most is uh, Hunt Day Hangouts from the guys over at Semantic Mastery. They put out some good information over there. Uh, yeah, there's just so much there. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. could, you could spend the whole day going through all those videos and picking the points out. Oh, good for stuff. sure. But they're having a really – got a really good content problem or for them now so they don't really have to create they do the hunt the hangouts once a week and then they got a va slicing that up and the blog posts uh mm. their questions and their content is done for the week so i think that's that's killer um and plus they're just some good guys so if you guys are following those then they're pretty good uh i used to listen to chase renier uh i used to listen to josh brzezinski but both those guys got off their meds i don't know what the hell's going on with them but... yeah i listen to those guys <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the only reason I listened to that show is because Ted was on it. To be fair, <laughs> Josh was—he, you know, honestly, he was putting out some good stuff when he was with Dory and there had a SEO uh, Nitro, uh, and his show was syndicated on SEO Nitro. I think he had some really good content. Sure. Um, now oh, he did some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays he's kind of switched where he's promoting his group, and that's good for him. So uh, as long as you're building that and building something else nice and wonderful. But uh, let's see, what else on YouTube? SEO Unmasked, that's a new show. There's two new guys starting that out. Kind of the same format as SEO this week, but they're just having a couple of guys having a conversation. They interact, uh, and they're really short, like 15 minutes. Uh, Jerry West, you mentioned... What about the yeah. Hangout one that you like? There's a Hangout, the Google Hangout that you like to watch. Oh, the Google, the Webmaster Hangouts? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't watch them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go to sleep, they're great to play in the background. <laughs> uh, and, and the issue that I have with those is it's the question and answer format, but there's people that go in and they, they sign on live like you two guys are. And they never leave, but they never ask questions, so other people can't get in there and ask questions. And that's a yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go, let's go more. Sell some more in here. Uh, Ross Schiller, as you said, he always uses a three hundred one when we were talking about the three hundred one versus four hundred four because it's a better user experience uh, when people find old pages. That's an interesting perspective on it, I think. Uh, another one from Chris. Have you guys used Rank Math? Is there any difference between SEO tools for WordPress? Uh, that's talking about SEO plugins. I'm I haven't tested Rank Math yet. That's the that's the next one. I got I tested Yoast SEO free, Yoast SEO Premium, SEO Press, uh, Rank Math, and SEO Ultimate Plus are the other two that I want to test. So I want to I've tested SEO. Plus, because I remember I used to be friends with Tony Kamara back in the day. 
and he uh, he gave me access to that. That's a good tool. It's still on my it's still on my site. Still works. He's updating that. Uh, he's he's supposed to be releasing a new version pretty soon. So that's. I'll speak to him. I'll ask him about it. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm pushing off on testing rank math because I want to do a, a four by four comparison. Personally, here's my opinion on it. I think all of them Yoast SEO is probably the one that I would the premium. If I had to recommend any of them, would probably be Yoast SEO Premium, but only because you can turn off all those stupid analysis features like readability and interlinking and all that crap. Because you oh, really, at the end of the day, uh, an advanced SEO they want to do the header tags, the OG tags, uh, and they want to set uh, their schema, etc. And typically. Uh, People now are doing schema manually versus using plugins because schema changes so much, and everyone has a different take on it. Um, so I think it, what's going to happen is I'll test all four of those together once we get SEO Ultimate Plus and Rank Math on board. Um, Squirrely, I tested it as garbage. Don't even mess with it. It's, it's like an overbloated plugin for newbies. Uh, but the the rest of them, I think what's going to happen is I'm probably just going to make a theme uh we're going to base the theme off of oxygen uh, web builder uh, and kind of when you get it i'm just going to give it away for free uh and all you got to do is pay for your licenses and turn on the stuff uh, but we want the theme that have og dublin core uh and insert footer and header section already so you don't need another plugin for do that and it's really for those people that are not looking for bells and whistles and red lights and green lights and etc and just already know what they got to do for seo um, i think that would be pretty good now most of your audience probably isn't going to know that dublin core is old school schema for like library sciences yeah like and that's a real fringe trick right there fringe but if you care at all about bing use it because it, bing loves dublin core i turn it on and my rankings and bing shot up my indexing started to stick uh so you should be using dublin core as much as possible there's the the golden nugget of the show right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, need to write, I need to write that down <laughs> Yeah, Bing, Bing loves Dublin Core. Everything I did is the same, right? Everyone says ranking in Bing is pretty much the same as ranking in Google. You focus on Google and Bing is going to get it. But Bing was has the it's always had that indexing issue. And as soon as I turn Dublin Core back on, which I can do through SEO Press, you can't do it through Yoast, unfortunately. Uh, all my indexing all came back. My uh, rankings all shot up. Uh, I get steady traffic from Bing now on the sites that we we did that on, implemented that on. So um, yeah, it's it, correlation. Obviously, is not causation, but in my opinion, this from what I saw, as soon as I turn it, turn Dublin Core right back on. Yeah, the, the notion that Bing and Google are gonna be two of the same flavor is kind of ridiculous because. You know, obviously, Bing can't use the PageRank patent, so they must fundamentally be different. Yeah, doing something different. Uh, let's see. Rank math is a hobby. Someone's saying they're testing rank math, so that's good. Uh, looks like the last question. What's the main thing you learned to be an expert SEO and continue to do well in the next 10 years? Uh, to me, it's easy. It's the, the common mission. Uh, we we have a natural science that is totally unnatural. So we are we are like the astrophysicists trying to figure out the universe, except we have a supreme being, Google, who likes to change the laws of nature regularly. And so when you are a scientist with a very active supreme being, you have to be prepared to relearn everything you know as quickly as possible. Over and over again. Uh, if you have that skill set of relearning SEO and re-verifying what is true and what is not, uh, that is going to serve you very well going forward. Mm -hmm. Alex, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I just spend a lot of time researching 
just research, research, research. I absorb as much as I possibly can from every chat, every Skype group, every blog post, everything I read, and just test, 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 see what works, see what doesn't work. Some things I test in the real world because it makes more sense to me to do it like that versus, you know, single variable testing and, and Laura Mipson and, and other content ways of doing testing that Carl teaches in SIA and various things. So, but yeah, I just absorb everything from, you know, and over the years, funny enough, in two, stuff that was working in 2013, 2014 is working again now. Um, so, if you, you know, it, it's, it's good information just to absorb everything from all the years of experience and that's what I've done and that's what I'm continuing to do. That's why it's important this show really where you, you do all the help everyone with all the research and do your research yourself and give it all away and not the questions. So, yeah, that's my theory on it. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in line with that. I think you once you you should master the basics because really the basics haven't changed in years, uh, and then be a consummate learner. If you're not in the mood to learn and develop your skills, then you're probably in the wrong business. Uh, you should just go with like paid traffic or social media. Um, I think honestly that like those two hit off as well is if you have to learn to adapt, you have to learn to take people's ideas uh, and apply them to yours and, and test and be open and understand that you don't know everything. And just because that way is working right now, it might not work tomorrow. Um, and you are not the expert. Yeah. Really, you're just the guy learning or a girl, gal learning uh, to apply and game and adapt because you're competing with a billion dollar company that has some of the smartest minds in the world. Uh, yeah. Luckily for us, those minds don't always talk to each other. And like Alex alluded to, what was old is new again uh, because, you know, those minds are, you know, some of them are gone, some are deleting code, some are going, oh, I don't know why that's there. Doo -doo, and it's going away and things <clears throat> are working again. So, um, and, and if you're like, if you're a tester, like, or you have access to testers like Alex, Ted, Kyle, uh, sometimes me, I don't claim to be a tester, uh, but I played one on TV once. <laughs> uh, you know, you can you can have uh, an insight into something that other people just don't grasp. Um, yeah, there is a there is a saying that I think I stole from somebody, is and, and it's usually this is what I do when you speak to people because you don't you know this is what I do myself. Go test it. Go try it. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then try something else because, you know, it, it's ever-changing. Um, so, like you say, go research, research, research. Have fun. It's like a game. It's like a video game SEO. For me, it's just like, you know, instead of instead of playing FIFA, I, I can do SEO all night, you know? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could play video games. I got two systems and I don't even touch. They're getting dusty. I've got video games that I never play. I buy them and they sit there on my desktop. You know, yeah. Steam. It's like I've got Steam on my desktop that never gets open. And then when <laughs> I, try, and I, I update it, I open it up and then the game updates. And I'm thinking, oh, two hours to update this game. Ah, close it off. Can't yeah. be bothered. So, you know, I never actually get around to playing playing anything. So, But SEO is a game. Yeah. It is. It's fun. Um all right, last question from Mike Calvin. I have an extra test site I'd like to turn and burn to build an email list. I have eight pages linked and popped. Each page is bumped in the top 70. Would GSA plus a SAPE campaign get them to page one? We need more measurement data. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there could be a lot of issues. You, you know, it's, it's fair that those issues probably include off-page, but it might not be only limited. And depending upon how much competition the keyword has, you know, being in the top 100 might be fantastic or being, you know, out at number 70 might be pathetic. It, the degree of competition is really going to make that distinction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'd have we'd have to measure to give you a real answer. I think if I was just speaking generally and giving you a, a guess, uh, of what to do next, I would hit those eight pages with Cora, optimize, see where it lands, and then think about link building. Uh, again, you just would know with the keyword whether GSA and SAPE would work. SAPE, I would probably use more because it is a churn and burn site. I would probably hit that first. 
uh, and then use GSA filtered list. Uh, if you're a good GSA user, you know what I'm talking about. You'll filter your list really well to hide your SAPE. Uh, and I would also use like a, a NOAM run to, to hide that SAPE as well. Uh, Google got really good at finding SAPE. Uh, mm. the, the Russians over there adapted a little bit, uh, but I haven't used it since Google like damn near nuked the entire network because their footprints were so easy to find. Um, so just be careful. Again, it's a turn and burn site, so you're really not really not really worried about it. So, um, I, yeah, I, like Ted said, it's a little bit harder to be. That's kind of a vague question, but that's the best advice I can give you. All right. That is it for SEO This Week, episode 115. Alex, I thank you for being our special guest. Hopefully we can have you on yeah, that's good fun. Thank you, guys. And one more reminder, SEO Spring Training, if you guys have a chance, come check us out. Uh, if you're in the Phoenix area during that weekend, just let me know, and we can meet up, too. You don't have to come to the conference. I'd like to just talk to you guys and see how you're doing. If I can help, you can help me. That'll be awesome. Uh, Ted, thank you for showing up. Welcome back from Hawaii. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. And just so you know, we have the Partner Show SEO Fight Club coming out tomorrow, and we are going to be talking about one of the greatest SEO discoveries ever, and it is going to be all about how.